Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Hard in the Paint. You know who I am, Aaron Showtime Taylor. Sitting next to me right now is somebody who I met inside of San Quentin State Prison back in 2012, I believe it was, when he got off the bus. He stepped on the basketball court and had phenomenal, phenomenal guard skills. And because I was so immersed in sports, that was one of the first things that people came and told me about this uh, gentleman with this game. And so I went out and checked him out. Come to find out, this gentleman sitting next to me was more than just a point guard. And we're about to find out about him and a few other people as we go hard in the paint. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mr. Rafael Cuevas. How you doing, man? My boy. What's my name? <laughs> so let's start this off first, right? So in the vein of how we were uh, raised inside of San Quentin to start approaching uh, freedom. And can you just talk about how we initially met inside of GRIP, which is Guiding Rage into Power, and what Guiding Rage into Power is about and what your role is uh, with that. Right. Uh, I mean, Guiding Rage into a Power is like a holistic approach to recentering people, right? So it deals with emotional balance and violence prevention, uh, mindfulness, and victim impact. And I've been facilitating for about six years and uh, you were a participant in one of the tries that I was in. Definitely was a participant and definitely needed. Now, and I know people are expecting sports and we're going to get into that in a minute, but to understand how we got to sports and was able to play, you need to understand how we were able to grow emotionally so we can get on the court and play and how that turned into where we are now. So talk about uh, some of the challenges Right. That a lot of individuals go through uh, building themselves up emotionally when we're talking about uh, grip and then transferring that over into sports. I think one of the most common problems like in the world emotionally is uh, insecurity. Yeah. And a lot of people learn, including myself, learn to just project behavior or uh, demeanor in order to like mask their true emotions. So if you're scared, you don't want everybody to know you're scared. You want to act tough. You want to like try to make other people fear you or, uh, you know, if you don't, if you have low self-worth, you might project that you have high self-worth and, and just trying to convince yourself. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the program helped me to really identify and be comfortable with where I really am at and who I really am. And then uh, a big part of that was learning that from other people that came before me. So as they gave me the example, it was like very comfortable to just follow their lead. I got a lot of really good mentors at San Quentin. Um, they're very successful now on the streets and some of them still need help getting out. Yeah, true that. And that's, uh, I'm glad you mentioned it in the way that you mentioned it because for us to be able to understand how two individuals between us sitting here, I did 26 years and you did 17, 17. So between the two of us, we did 43 years inside a prison. Right. And just let that soak in for a second. Two men sitting here who now have a podcast who did 43 years. And took the time out to address some of the things that Raphael just mentioned. And I'm going to use that to pivot into basketball, because when you're playing basketball, this is a highly emotional sport. You know, you got referees making calls that you're not going to agree with. You may have a coach that call a play that you don't agree with. And how you deal with that can be a negative or a positive 
in your personal growth and your career growth. So talk about how you made the decision. Well, let me back up first, because Raphael made a decision when he became the head coach of the San Quentin Warriors to leave the roster open for everybody and anybody who wanted to be a part of that. Now, why did you do that? I mean, that's just how I feel about life. Like, I'm trying to deal with everybody. I don't want to give up on anybody. Uh, I think everybody is redeemable. I think everybody has good qualities. I think everybody has something to offer to any program. So I just was trying to get, like, a, a good work ethic out of the guys, good commitment. And I just wanted to let them to know that it wasn't all about the basketball. Like, I wanted to meet them as people. And then in the process of meeting them as people, it was almost as if you took the elements of grip and put them and infused them into the basketball program at San Quentin so that everybody had access at this program and had access at healing. Now, how was that received in the beginning? Not for clarity, though, that wasn't my intention. Like my intention was not to. I think that's just who I became. You know what I'm saying? So like. When I was just in the act of coaching, people just turned it into like, oh, he's trying to turn this into a self-help group. Like he trying to save souls and shit like that. Really, like I was just doing me. Like I didn't really have that intention. I got the directive from uh, Robert Butler, mm -hmm. who I have great respect for. Robert Butler being? Bishop. Bishop, in case you know the inside scoop and yeah. didn't know his name was Robert Butler. Yeah, if, if y'all was around and you know Bishop. Did a lot to lay it down. Bear. I got to give a lot of credit to Bear for putting me in the game in the beginning. And Bear is Daniel Wright, the former head coach of the San Quentin Warriors. Right. So without Bear or Bishop, I would have never been the coach. But they saw like they like my style of leadership on the court. So then they figured that would translate, you know, how I'm inter like interpersonal communication with the outside guests mm -hmm. and how I get down with my teammates. They thought that would make me a good coach. Well, talk about talk about that um, that communication, because that's basically what you're talking about between, let's say, you and the individuals that come in to play from outside. How does the elements of a self-help group allow a person to freely be able to communicate like that and open themselves up for that type of experience? Right. So um, just practice on communication and emotional balance, maybe some emotional intelligence. You can pick up on how people are feeling, what they're going through. You know, uh, it's not always roses, but sometimes like our volunteers, they come in, they show up even when it's tough. They come in, they tell the story, man, I just lost somebody. Uh, my folks are sick where the kids are going through something and they still come in on Saturday to see us in prison. So uh, that, that means a lot. It, it means way more than just a basketball game. It means way more than just a prayer circle. It's like real relationships. Now, while we're talking about this, let's move over into when Kevin Durant and Draymond Green showed up at San Quentin in 2017, right? And uh, Durant stayed for half the game and then he left, but then he does what and what happens after that? I'm not... I don't know none of that stuff. I've I seen the name on the contract. That's it. <laughs> this is I, what I happened. I've seen, seen the name on the heading, and that was right. This is what happened. Kevin Durant showed up in 2017 along with Draymond Green from the San Quentin, I mean, from the Golden State Warriors to be a part of the Warriors versus Warriors annual basketball game. And out of that, Kevin Durant then sent in a film crew to film uh, the program there because he thought it would be interesting 
for the rest of the nation to see how we were functioning in, inside, basically healing ourselves. Right. With a little bit of help from the state with this program. And from that, we get the movie Cue Ball. It was a Fox Sports documentary that was filmed. Raphael was the head coach during that time. And they captured the 2018 season of the San Quentin Warriors, which culminated in the movie with the San Quentin Warriors beating the Golden State Warriors coaching staff and Harry Smith being offered an opportunity to try out for the Golden State Warriors G League affiliate, the Santa Cruz Warriors. I don't I don't mean to get you beat up, but I might get you beat up over this. I'm, I don't know. Maybe maybe we got to fact check that because I know they had they had an issue with the GoPro thing. Mm-hmm. They had the contract with the GoPro. Wait, why would you figure we need to fact check that if you're telling me something that's going to correct me? I'm just saying. Haven't we been correcting is, each other this for is, years? This, yeah, that for sure. For sure. So open, why? Doors why, open. Hey, man, oh, that's what I'm the saying. The world we, is watching. <laughs> the world can watch two brothers talk yeah, about absolutely. this. <laughs> so you, don't, you so might you not always remember, correct me. You might not remember, but when Bear was still there, they had the thing with the GoPro. And the actual company GoPro was looking to do like some video projects. I think I remember that, that was that was before Mike and them got on. I think I remember that. Then then they had that original contract to like do the like uh concept, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, to put out a concept and then after that they got Fox. And then they had Fox before they had Durant, I think. And Durant signed on later? Yeah. For the big check. I think or, or it's the other way around, and Durant was in, and then Fox came with the big check. But they, they both came after GoPro. So now let's get into that, because as a result of that movie, this movie was being filmed during a time when you was being prepared, you was preparing yourself to go to your first uh, board of prison hearings, true? Yes, sir. All right, well, let's talk about that time right there. Just, you know, fill in some blanks. What you mean? Oh, you don't yeah, want to this, talk like brothers this, now? Yeah, just two brothers. I mean, yeah, let's talk like brothers. What, okay, what let's you talk asking? like brothers. What happened? What you did that did did cue ball have it between in your mind, did cue ball have any impact when you went to the board? It's, it's very possible that it did. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't want to talk about my hearing. Not like, so much I, not I so much the hearing in the details part. No, I'm not talking about what was said inside of there. What I'm asking you is, in your personal opinion, do you think that cue ball had an impact on the judgment that was made that you would be denied for a few years until you went back and came back three years later? Not specifically. Not specifically. Things were brought up in my hearing based on the movie. Okay. So. All right. And now when we start talking about that and we move forward where cue ball is going to be now um, seen as possibly going into a major motion picture. Right. Are you in any way associated with the project or do you want to be associated with the project? You know, just like just for clarity purposes. So nobody's sitting around my looking nigga. at you. Huh? <laughs> That's what you want my show for. This, yeah, this is this motherfucker pulled a, a, a Denzel. This is training day. This is training. day. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm with you. Um Without getting it, and, and, and understand, yeah, I'm not I'm telling saying. you what to you? get into the gory details. It's just it's either about? plain and simple, yes or no. We in talks. Okay, there we go. That's easy. What was so hard about I'm that? Saying. Everything it is a negotiation, right? It speaks for itself. We, you just said we in talks. Everything is a negotiation, and right? You want to know where I'm at in the talks. No, I don't want to know where you're at in the talks. You, you're not hearing me. Okay. I just was knowing if you were talking. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to know where you're at. That's talking. your business. Yeah. Talking. Yeah, as long as you're talking. This is the opportunity on hard in the paint to go hard in the paint. 
and I'm giving you opportunity to go hard in the paint. Not my you style. saying you finna pull up at the elbow Not and shoot a jumper because you was a jump shot I shooter. I understand <laughs> that. So now let's get into the basketball program period at San Quentin, right? right. Uh, before you became the head coach, you was uh, brought onto the team as a, uh, uh, a guard. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about your experience in basketball that led you to be a point guard and how that helped you by the time you got to San Quentin. What's your basketball history like? Uh, Archbishop Reardon High School. That's it. That's it? I mean, yeah. Where did your knowledge of the X's and O's come in at? Self-study, like just watching a lot, being a fan, um, playing a lot, learning how to be. I mean, the coaches at Archbishop Reardon put me on. They, they gave me a lot of fundamentals. Mm-hmm. They gave me a little bit of history. Uh, RB, love you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Y'all heard that. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my cousin played, mm-hmm. and uh, so we, when we was little, my cousin went to the Junior Olympics. My older cousin, he like eight years older than me. He went to the Junior Olympics. He played college. He uh, at the high school that I went to, he set the three point record that still for like twenty five years. Hmm. Impressive. And then, uh, yeah, he hit some like eighty seven threes in, in about 15, 17 games, mm-hmm. something like that. He was going crazy. But um, so just from being little, we was all playing hoops, everybody in my family. So that was it. I just, uh, so let's, I don't I, know. I we got can, passion for the game. Just the passion for the game. Let's move forward. So we're both in prison. We're both at San Quentin and the head coaching spot comes open. Right. And some people approach me and say, hey, man, we think you you know, might be a perfect fit for this. Put your name in the bucket. And then I found out your name was in the bucket. And, you know, for inside purposes, I'm going to fill in a blank. Raphael came to my cell and showed me his playbook <laughs> and was explaining to me his basketball philosophy. And I looked at his playbook and said, this dude is better than me. Simple as that. He knows more about this game than me. He knows more about the X's and O's from an offensive end than I do. And so I asked him if it was okay if I could be his assistant. And what happened? And we was on. <laughs> and what happened? <laughs> he was my assistant. <laughs> and what this, happened? This motherfucker right here going to lock in the contract. I got to be the lead assistant. <laughs> there got to be a distinction. I can't just be a regular assistant. I got to be in charge of all the other assistants. <laughs> I was, all right, we rocking. And because of that, that particular season was the same year we're talking about in 2017, where uh, I just happened to be on the microphone when Raphael coached the San Quentin Warriors to a win over the Golden State Warriors coaching staff. For real, for real, we did that that year, right? And I just happened to be on the mic. And somebody who was supposed to be on the show today, I'm going to give him a shout out now in case he watches this. His name is Cornell Shields, a.k.a. Corn, a.k.a. That particular day, his name was Fatality. And he was able to get the ball in the end and get the layup that secured the win for the Golden State. I mean, excuse me, for the San Quentin Warriors that year, not the Golden State Warriors. They got mad. They lost that year. Talk about that game, man, because you really got a name for yourself out of that game. Yeah. Um just for the record, never lost to the to the Golden State Warriors staff <laughs> as a coach. Y'all heard uh, that right here on Hard in the Paint. Bob, when you watch this, yeah. 
Remember who said that? I'm, I'm gonna say this too, though. I'm gonna say this too, though. I was one in four as a player. <laughs> as a player, I was one in four. As a coach, two and zero. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So, so that way, we, he just mentioned at the beginning of the show that fact checking, right? So let's make sure the facts hey, are correct because somebody's in, gonna bring this up. Lean into your strong suit. Right? <laughs> so you was one in four as a player and two and zero oh as a coach, right? Yeah. And that win in 2017 pretty much kind of set up how the challenges of a freshman year versus a sophomore year as head coach went. Because in your sophomore year, you not only had to coach a season, but now you got to deal with a film crew. So look at this. Remember, we was in the chapel, right? Mm -hmm. And they asked the question. You asked the question, like, what was the most memorable thing in the season? Mm -hmm. Right? What was my highest point in there? <clears throat> and I told you the shit with Cuddy. But... Uh, like, that's how I remember things. It's crazy. It's a basketball game, right? There's a couple plays that stick out. I can't give you real to real, like, what happened in the game. Right. There's a couple plays that stick out. But the conversations that I had with the players, like, I could tell you exactly what was said. This is during the game? Nah, before, like, pregame, halftime, during the game, every, like, every interaction with all the players. Because, you know, I was really intentional about that. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the morning... I got some of the guys and I was like, hey, take, oh man. So, so people that ain't from San Quentin, people that wasn't on the yard with us don't know, like, uh, I became famous for like my discipline on the team and I would take people out to run laps with me. Like somebody get in my doghouse, I'm like, come here, let me holler at you. And just get on the track with them and we running like eight miles, you know what I mean? Like, come on, let's talk this out real quick. I got I think we got an issue. Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me let me cut you off. Now, to understand when he signed me on as the assistant coach, I was like, man, you're going to need some help because, you know, it's it's like a racial thing going on. You know, <laughs> they black and, you know, you look masculine. You know, I didn't know he was Nicaraguan at the time and I didn't know where he grew up at. I didn't know his background. So. I'm like, okay, I want to see how you're going to deal with these dudes. And so now I'm watching him running to death. Race don't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> Tongues hanging out. He's running them to death. Because if you want to put that warrior jersey on and play the set for the San Quentin Warriors, you have to be disciplined and you have to listen to what your coaches say. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> that, was, that was the one thing that I knew going in was like the only power I had was the minutes. Hmm. All I, The only thing, like... I'm not going to, you know, horseplay about, you know, language. If we, the relationship is good, man, look, you want to get on the court, you're going to do what I'm telling you. That's it. And, and so if, if they wasn't with that, a lot of like some of the best players on the yard just never played for the Warriors, not just with me, but with Bear and, you know, the other coaching with Tones there. But it's like they just can't fall in line with the, the team concept. But, uh, yeah, so, so before the game, I took – I took mostly the whole team one by one and was like, hey, it's your turn. Let me talk to you. And I tried to set them up for what their role was in the game. Hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I'm telling you right now, if Corin get on here, he's going to tell you that I primed him for that. I'm telling you, the, the, the pregame conversation that we had, it was so beautiful the way the game played out hmm. because he just went in there and executed exactly like I asked him. And the cool part about it is the play before that uh, – Khalid Robinson was in the corner and got a three-pointer off. Yeah, with the, and, with and, the one. And with the Ishmael Freeline, who was the referee over there, yeah. called the foul on him <laughs> yeah. and said he took his feet out. Now, for those of you, again, who don't know the inside scoop, Ishmael Freeline 
it always seemed like, I'm not going to say it was, but it seemed like hey, 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 hey. calls were made lean back, lean back in controversial brother, situations. Lean back on the right? brother, man. He gets however, however, what it did was instead of bringing, would you stop? <laughs> Let me run my show. <laughs> Just saying, yeah, now you're starting to be a nuisance kid, brother. <laughs> you're going to be all right. <laughs> Instead, what it did was because I like to look at elevated. This elevated everybody because even though it looked like a bad call, when we went back and checked the tape later, it was actually a good call. Ishmael just happened to be in a really, really good angle that nobody else was at. So let me make sure he gets his flowers. However, and I hope Corn gets on. He said, "Man, I felt so bad about letting him get that shot off that I was determined to win this game." <laughs> and he jumped in and got the steal and went coast to coast on him. Way to win that game, Corn. <laughs> nah, they hit the they hit the bucket after, right? We went down a bucket, and then uh, everybody was asking me if I was gonna call a timeout with ten seconds. He hit the three, and then he hit. I mean, no, he missed the three and hit the free throws, and they went up by one. No, we got it on tape, man. Bring the tape. We got the tape. What play, are you talking play about? Play the tape. It ain't the, <laughs> the the last play. Don't play out like that. Corn, we, they scored a bucket to go up. And then it was 10 seconds left, and Corn took it back the other way straight for the layup. And then Bob tried to get it And then off, it was a shot, a, the a defensive play that stopped the ball. The ball. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the last point that was scored to win the game. Yeah, that's you what I'm talking about. You're talking about the last too. play. That's what I'm talking about, too. That, that just came. Everybody wanted me to call a timeout with 10 seconds. I was sitting over there on the microphone. I was like, and I remember thinking, I remember thinking at the time, <laughs> and I couldn't say nothing on the mic. I remember thinking, I know Raphael's going to call a timeout because I would call a timeout. Actually, I think Marcus Thompson asked me that. I think he was the one that was right there. Like, are you going to call a timeout, coach? And on a personal note, I'd like to thank Marcus Thompson because the story that he wrote after that game really impacted all of us on the yard. Definitely. Like, not just the basketball team, but it was just huge. And, and it was a powerful piece. So, I thank the brother for that, for sure. And if you, again, if you're seeing this later on, or if you're live with us right now, you can look that piece up. September 2017, My Trip to San Quentin by Marcus Thompson of The Athletic. You can pull that up on Google and read that piece that he wrote. It's very, very powerful. It's real balanced. It's a balance between him coming into the prison and having some type of feelings about not doing things that he thought he should have been doing and then getting inside of the prison and seeing something that he did not think he was going to see. What happened when he got down there on the yard was totally different than anything you see in these TV shows and these prison movies and stuff like that. It was very, very much a shock for him. And so, uh, yeah, definitely. I appreciate Rafi, uh, appreciate Rafi bringing that up. Okay. And so you will probably cry if you read it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> You ain't, if you don't, if you don't, if you read that article, and you don't cry. You need grit. <laughs> you need to learn how to guide your rage into power. <laughs> learn some empathy. Matter of fact, OK, as we start to close out on this, because uh, obviously some of the guys aren't coming in, but that's cool. We can set this up again. We can get another uh, conference call with them, bring them in. It's no problem. This is hard in the paint. We can get it done. But as we start to close out on this particular interview right here, talk about since you've been home. Some of the plans you have, some of the, you know, well, let's start with the family. Let's start with the family. How was the meeting with first? We're going to start with Tanya, your sister. How, was, how did that meeting go? Oh, that went really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's going to watch this, right? You, you know, she had COVID, right? <laughs> did she? Yeah. I didn't know. So you, the whole world got to know my sister. My sister crazy, right? <laughs> so she thugging hard. So she told me if... 
she don't care if anybody else go to see me to pick me up. She coming with COVID. I'm like, can't do that. <laughs> she like, I'll be damned if somebody else give you a hug and I'm not there to give you a hug. With COVID. With COVID. I was like, hey, can't nobody come. <laughs> so I canceled. I canceled Christmas on everybody because that's how me and my sister ride. Let, let me let me tell you something real quick about the sister Tanya. Right. And, 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 and how come uh, I respect her so much. Right. So Raphael was going to his BPH. He had a full hearing to go to and people were allowed to call in and, and speak about the impact that Raphael had on them, positive and negative, whatever it is. And so I was trying to call in and I couldn't. And Tanya, I don't know how she did it, but she hooked up a way for me to call her and she hooked me into a speaker that was in the hearing room <laughs> and lined it up. Show you how the universe work. I was the last one to speak that day. In favor of my boy coming home. And I'll say it now here on Hard in the Paint. Part of the reason that I'm sitting here is because a lot of the emotional intelligence and a lot of the traumas that I didn't know I had that were revealed and to help me heal as a whole person came due to this brother right here. Thank you for helping me out. You are another king along the path that help another king heal up. Right. And I appreciate you being on the show right now. But before we go out, we still got to talk one more thing, man. So what are your plans? How can you be reached? What it is? What are you, what are you looking to do? Um, mostly right now, I'm focused on violence prevention in the streets. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a I was at a couple conferences last week. One was for gun and gang violence prevention. The other one was for abolition and feminism. And so um, I'm just in the community trying to like build the same type of movement that we had inside right where the focus was always like let's make better moves so we can get out of prison now it's like let's get out here and make better moves for our community mm -hmm. for the young people that's following us for the people that might be on their way to prison you know that's what i'm worried about right there that's that's what my main focus is who's next going into prison who's next going into a grave hmm. that's who i need to be working with that's and, who I need to get connected with and, and really help out. And the people want to reach you if they want you to speak, if they want you to be a part, if they have plans, they want you to look over. Where can you be reached at? Uh, I'm on Instagram. Where at? Rafael Cuevas 415. Yeah, he's on he's on, he on Instagram. On just, you know, just, you know. Just 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 go to Instagram. I'm saying just, just type my name in. You'll it, find it. Everything is under my name with 415 because it just happened to be more Rafael Cuevas in the world than I was expecting. A lot of the Ez brothers was up in there, right? So you can be found on Instagram. What's your email address so you can be reached that way? Uh, same thing. My name, 415, Rafael Cuevas, 415 at iCloud. How you spell your last name? We're going to make sure people can reach you. C-U-E-V-A-S. I've been out a little longer than him, so I'm picking with him right now, you know. Amen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was here. If you joined us live or if you see this later on, this is my brother, my boy. Family is what it is. You make it how you make it. And it ain't always by blood. Mud brought the best of us out. Mud brought us out here. And now he has been hard in the paint with Aaron Showtime Taylor. You have been hard in the paint.